This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoor Podcast. I'm Dale Luganbell. Thank you very much for joining me and welcome to this week's recap and rant. It's a little late this week because um, I mean I probably should have recorded it Monday but I really wanted to go trout fishing again, so I did. <laughs> so that's part of my recap. Um, and then Tuesday became a shit show, and now I'm sitting here uh, waiting for a storm to go through so I can get to work. So I figured, well, this is a good time as any to get this shit recorded. So here we go. It's a little late, and uh, yes, Waterfall Wednesday uh, is going to be on a Thursday. That's just how it's going to be. <laughs> This isn't the first time, if you've been following the show, that this uh, kind of stuff happens. you got to just roll with the punches, but you're getting it at the very least. So, yeah, if you hear some big crackles of thunder outside, that's uh, that would be why. Yeah. Anyway, so actually, this goes all the way back to uh, last week. I'm trying to think of what the time frame was now. God, I'm so bad at these things. Um, but I went trout fishing last week. Uh, it was just the weather was nice. Finally, and so yeah, I, I decided to head down to um, to Whitewater and uh, do some trout fishing. So picked up a little ultralight rod at Shields and a handful of uh, some lures, some spinners, and small rapplas and whatever, and uh, head, headed down there. Been so long, I couldn't remember. It's always, it's always amazing. I'm like, okay, how do I get there again? Where do I go? Where's that parking spot? And there's a bunch of different parking spots that you go. Like, I like to go to the 
the big whitewater WMA. Like there's a couple different branches. I think there's three different branches of the Whitewater River. Upper, middle, and lower. I believe that's the case. I'm almost positive. Um, I was going to think about doing some foraging too, but um, just a little bit early as far as the morels are concerned. Um, we definitely seem to be holding true to the well, when the lilacs are blooming, and I haven't seen any any lilacs blooming yet. And I've checked a couple high percentage areas and have not seen anything yet. So we'll see. Um, but that's why every year I like to go down there and um, do some trout fishing, pick some rails, pick some ramps, kind of make a little streamside uh, lunch there with whatever you find. That's always really fun. So I was kind of scoping that out, but it was really fun to just to catch some little trout. I mean, didn't catch anything, you know, anything big, but I don't know what it is about trout for me. Like, and don't get me wrong, I like catching big, big trout, but I'm, I guess I can't say equally happy, but I'm still happy when I catch a little one. Like, it's just, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's like, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I I just, there's something about it. Maybe it's just because I don't do it that often. It's always kind of a special deal. Um, I think the places that you trout fish are just inherently unique. Um, I think that's part of it. I mean, there's, there's a place in the North Shore in Minnesota that I like to go, of Lake Superior, that you never catch anything over like 10 inches. <laughs> but I love going there because they're just huge boulders that you scamper up and around and you're just fishing these little little tiny pockets of water in between these boulders as this river just like plummets down a uh, very steep incline down on its way down to Lake Superior and I just have a ball I haven't done that in a long time maybe I should try to get up there this year but uh, it's just so much fun and it doesn't I mean part of it is cool I mean they're little but they're like little aquarium fish right they're just so cool looking and I think there's a lot of that. Like, I just appreciate trout for what they are and where they live. And it's just different than, you know, bass fishing or crappie fishing and stuff that's more common every day, I guess, is what I'm drawn to. So I did that. And then uh, it was weird. Uh, I don't know. A week or so ago, um, Joel calls me. He's like, uh, are you available this weekend and I'm like yeah I, I think so he's like okay because he might be shooting a bow fishing tournament and I'm like what like I don't but <laughs> it's like yeah we need we need somebody who got a tournament I'm like um did you did you do miss dial like you do know who you're talking to right like <laughs> I don't I love bow fishing it's tons of fun but I'm not very good at it I only do it like once a year I think the last time I did it was last year, and the last time before that, I think was a, was I think there was a couple years in between. So I'm like, not good. Like it, it took me pretty much the whole night to finally shoot my first fish. I think the last time I went. So I was like, I mean, if you need a just a warm body in the boat, I mean, I I I guess I can do that. I mean, <laughs> just don't expect much. <laughs> I don't. Know, I thought it was funny. He was like, Oh, you're not that bad. I'm like, Um, yeah, I kind of really am that bad um or i should say just that inexperienced like it's just i'm just i don't do it how good how good do you think you can be at if you don't do it that often 
but I agreed to do it. And so that was the plan um, Saturday night. And what's always weird to me is like you plan these things and they start so much earlier than you think. I mean, they don't start, but your day start like the process starts way earlier. You know, it's like, okay, um, when are we meeting? When are we going down there? And he's like, well, it's, you know, it's down Southern Minnesota. So meet at my house at like three. I was like three. Doesn't get dark until nine. Like what the hell? <laughs> like six hours. What are we going to do for six hours? He's like, well, we got to get down there and then uh, got to help set up. It's, Austin's like uh, part of the, he's a tournament director, president or something, something to that effect. And so he's got to be there and help set up and like, oh, my God. Ooh. Hail. That's going to be loud. OK. Oh, and here comes the rain. Hope it doesn't get too distracting. But anyways, um as I get distracted. So yeah, we we get down there and it's a whole lot of waiting around and there's, you know, more and more boats are showing up and it's kind of an interesting um tournament. It's two counties. So you can go anywhere you want within those two counties. Um and just more and more boats kept showing up. I think we had like twenty five boats in all. And uh you know everybody's for the most part everybody knows everybody and like you know, there's a lot of, of greetings and handshakes and fist bumps and what'd you find? You know, typical tournament stuff, like how'd your scouting go and how'd your scouting go? And and um, our scouting went well. I mean, I didn't do it, but, you know, we sounded like they were on some pretty good fish. So we had, we definitely had high hopes uh, for getting, and it was a, see if I can remember the parameters of this one. It was a numbers tournament, but... It was a numbers tournament and size tournament, but it wasn't total weight. That part kind of threw me a little bit until they um, described or, you know, let us know what, what it was. It was um, so to your total weight of your two biggest fish of each species. So you had, you know, your two biggest carp, your two biggest buffalo, two biggest sheephead, two biggest bullheads, two biggest suckers. I th believe that was pretty much all. Any, any Anything that falls under that rough fish category, which um, I guess bullheads don't really fall into that, but they're part of it. And then they kept it so, <clears throat> you know, there's multiple species of suckers, but they just grouped them all in as suckers. So it didn't matter if it was a white sucker or a red horse or whatever. It was just suckers. And then um, I think they did the same thing with bull Yeah, the same thing with bullheads. So you got yellow, black, and brown bullheads. It was like, no, we're not, it's just bullheads. So... So that was kind of cool. And then obviously total number. And uh, so it was pretty fun. So we, we, we head out. We hit our first lake. And this is kind of a hit or miss lake. They said they didn't even scout it. It's super tiny. Um, so they, But they said there's really, really big ones. So this could be a good place to, like, secure, you know, the two biggest of this particular species and really help your overall weight. So we go there and uh, not really seeing much. And it is a pretty small lake. Austin shoots a bullhead. It was a nice one. And we saw one really good, I believe, buff. And that, that was pretty much it. And we're like, well, this lake ain't happening. So load the boat up. Head to another lake <clears throat> where they had scouted and, and saw really good numbers. And this is what usually happens, um, or as happens so often, the fish they had found the day before were not there. Um, so yeah, we just kind of kept 
searching and searching and you know we picked up a few here and a few there but i mean we didn't have much in the barrel as of like man i can't even remember um it was late into the night like i don't remember we didn't hardly had shit until like 2 30 in the morning like it was it was not going well um that's the other thing so in the past when i've bow hunted before or bow fished it was like you know, it's just a fun shoot. So you get out there, and you know, right at dark, and then you shoot till like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. You get tired, and, you know, you go home. And it's fun. Well, <laughs> I get there, and they're like, way in at 6.30. I was like, what? 6.30 a.m.? Like, yeah. Like, so we're going to be up all night, all night. They're like, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need more energy drinks. <laughs> this is, I'm old. I'm old. I don't know how I'm gonna do this. Uh, but I did do it. It's fun. You had to get the adrenaline going. But man, you want to talk about crash after it all went down. But anyway, so we we keep looking, <clears throat> and um, you know we find some little pods, and we you know we we start adding fish to the barrel. But you know nothing's going like you're not gonna win like this. Like <laughs> it's putting up numbers. Like you're wanting to put up hundreds, and you know we had like. 40 fish in the barrel like this is not this is not going good um and then way later in the in the evening we did finally stumble upon this pattern um where there was a a bunch of dogfish and so we really and then we're picking up random you know carp and buffs along the way too but it was mostly mostly dogfish and uh, it was just working. We just kind of keep making laps. And, you know, you think, well, oh, I just worked that area. How could there be anything there? And you go back there, and there's fish all over the place. So it was, it was real consistent um, shot opportunities. And so we started filling that barrel. And I was actually, you know, that's the night when I want to get more and more opportunities. Um, I was getting a little better. Like, I, I don't know what – I didn't really keep track of what I personally shot, but it was uh, – you know, we were kind of joking uh, going into it, like my quota was 10. If I could do 10, I'm kind of holding my own. <laughs> or at least I'm contributing to some to some factor. And uh, I definitely shot more than 10. I don't, I'm not quite sure if I hit 20. I, I might have, actually, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, conservatively, we'll, we'll split the difference and we'll just go in 15. I shot 15. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was interesting. I had never uh, been a part of a bow fishing tournament before. Uh, so it was really interesting to see the similarities to any other kind of tournament, fishing tournament that I've been a part of. Um, the weigh-in was like insane because there's just like so many fish, so many big fish, and the winning. So overall, we shot 93. Um, so yeah, you know the fact that it took us all night to get to f figure something out this definitely definitely hurt us. Um, Nolan's boat's pretty big, so this is Cutthroat. I was shooting with Cutthroat, who sponsors uh, our Waterfall Wednesdays. So if you've never bow fished, um, go check out Cutthroat Bow Fishing. Uh, Nolan, great dude. Uh, you'll have a ton of fun. He's just hilarious, and uh, and he knows what he's doing. So, but his boat is very big, which is great for guiding. It's very comfortable. Uh, shoots very well. It's very stable. Um, but the pattern that people had found is like you had to get up in these little tiny creeks, feeder creeks. That's where the fish were stacked up, and his boat was just too big for some of those spots. So the the, the teams that did really well were able to kind of get way up in there. Um, but with that said, it was 
it's a ton of fun. So you should definitely uh, reach out to him. Give give that a shot. It's a it really is a, a ton of fun. But I think the winning team had like 500 fish. Like it just blew everybody else out of the water. Like it was it was insane. And I think in my Snapchat I put <clears throat> I had a as they're loading it up, like they had this big trailer, dump trailer from this sod farm, and that's where all the fish were going and, you know, going and I assume going to be used as fertilizer or whatever. <clears throat> but there was, that trailer was full, 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 to the point it couldn't hold anymore. And so then we had to, like, start filling barrels, and then we ran out of barrels, and they were just going in the back of this pickup truck. So <laughs> the thing they were trying to avoid, like getting fish, slime, and blood in the back of the pickup just wasn't going to happen. It just literally ran out of room. There was that many fish shot. And I think we estimated somewhere around 1,500 total uh, for the night. So that was, I mean, that is a lot. And uh, that will feed into my rant at the end of this. But So that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, you sit around. The weigh-in took a long time. You know, Austin's part of it. So he had, you know, sticks around later, talks to everybody. So, I mean, I don't remember what time it was. We finally drove out of there. But it was way later than I would have cared to. I I mean, I was dying. I was crashing. My energy level was absolutely shot. Um, By the time I got home, to back to the cities, when I met at Joel's, I get back in my truck and get back home. Like, I had been up for well over 24 hours straight. And I am almost 49. Um, In fact, next week. So, Yeah. (laughs) I'm <laughs> no spring chicken. Uh, it took its toll. So I obviously went home, crashed, woke up at about, hmm, I don't remember what it was now, 6.30, 7 o'clock at night or something like that. And then I had a little burst of energy. So uh, my buddy Josh was like, dude, let's go. Let's get some wings. For whatever reason, I was craving wings, like bad craving wings. So we went up. Local pub there, got a bunch of wings, drank a couple of beers. I'm like, all right, full belly, a couple of beers. Because the thing I was worried about is that, well, I slept all day. I'm not going to be able to sleep at night, and then I'm just going to be dog tired for work Monday. So I'm like, well, full belly, a couple of beers. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, that, that, that should put me to sleep. Let's see. But I was still, you know, got back. I was feeling pretty energetic, so I just kind of got set up to, you know, my phone, watch a, some movies or, or a show or something, and I'm playing a little game on my phone, and literally the next thing I know, I wake up and it's midnight. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't even, honestly didn't even feel myself getting tired. Like, it was just like power off, like system crash. And so, like, I, st- I woke up, I'm fully dressed, you know, that's just how I fell asleep. My contacts were still in, I was like, oh my God. So I get up peel contacts out of my eyes and just go back to sleep wake up at normal time monday morning and it's like normal like i just felt normal and went on with went on with uh on with the day so and then monday night rolls around and the weather is just like uh, it was just so nice and spring like finally i said you know what i'm going trout fishing again so I tear off out there, and then there's these storms uh, building up, and they're just missing. So I'm like, sweet. And I get out there, man, these fish were – and so I just kind of played around. I started with the spinner, and they were taking swipes at it but missing it. And then I was just trying stuff. I put on a beetle spin. I've never really used a beetle spin for a trout, and I was like, 
let's see why it wouldn't work. It's got the flash, and I had one with like a, a black body on it, and I'm like, maybe they'll think it's like a bug, or, you know, I don't know, I tried it. Dude, I didn't get anything. Like, nothing moved on that beetle spin. I was like, okay, well, this is definitely not the bait. And then I put on a little tiny sinking Rapala, and that's like instantly they started just going ape shit on it. So that was that was definitely the lure for the day. And I raised some pretty decent fish. Didn't uh, hook anything too crazy. I did catch a couple decent ones. I didn't measure them, but I, I would. They were probably oh I don't know, 14 inches maybe somewhere in there, 14, 15 somewhere in there. So decent, but nothing you know gigantic. But then going back to the trout thing, like the size thing doesn't really isn't really that important to me like it's just i don't know what it is about trout fishing it's just so much fun and i always just want to know what's around the next bend too that's the other thing it gets me in trouble a lot of times i end up going way too far way too far and uh oh i'm also sweating my balls off because the only waders i have right now are like the duck hunting ones so they're full of thousand uh, grams of thinsulate in the boots and five millimeter neoprene <laughs> just sweating my balls off out there i definitely need to purchase a new set of uh of lightweight summer waders which i'll probably order here pretty soon from uh, norfin actually has uh waders i didn't i didn't know that until i joined the team so definitely check those out they look really sweet so i'll give you once i get those i can give you guys a, a good review on those but i kept working up and um yeah, caught some decent ones. Tried to get some kind of comment or uh, content. I was playing with my phone. I got a, a new iPhone because mine wigged out on me last week. And then I uh, also got a life case for it. So it's all waterproof, all that good stuff. So I was taking some underwater shots of the trying to, of getting the releases. And that's really hard. I mean, the weird thing too, it's like in the water, uh, it magnifies it. So like you feel like you're far enough away from to get the fish in frame you stick it in the water it's like boom it's like right there you gotta move it even farther away of course the fish never cooperate they either barely swim off or they dart and they just take a like super quick right turn and they're just gone and then you just don't get to see anything so that was a challenge but a lot of fun uh, i'm gonna keep trying to do that it makes for some unique shots uh i'm definitely gonna go back down there and do some more trout fishing that was super fun so yeah, that's that's what I did, and uh, when I wasn't recording like I should have been, I was doing that instead. But it was a uh, that was a ton of fun, and and still the morels haven't popped up. I think we're about I think this weekend I think people are really going to start finding some. So it's hot, and we're getting more rain right now, so that's good. I I think this is going to be a pretty good year for it. I've had plenty of rain, uh, moisture content in the soil should be good, as long as the temperatures hold. Um, yeah, we should have a a good. I think we'll have a good morel season here in Minnesota. And our fishing opener is this weekend. I don't really have any plans. Um, probably we'll do something on Saturday. And I might just trout fish again. Because I don't generally like to go on our opener. So anybody listening in any southern state, you're not in the upper Midwest, you're like, what the hell is an opener? Yeah, so like our season, like I know you're, you guys, your seasons are open. They're, they're on the season. Fishing is just open year-round. That is not the case up here in the upper Midwest. We have seasons. Our, our fishing season closes down. So like certain things, walleye, bass, northern, they shut down. Trout, shut down. Catfish, shut down. Um, 
panfish is open year-round, however. So bluegills, crappies, perch, you can still fish for those. So anyways, it's always a big deal, the fishing opener every spring. Um, it's basically like a state holiday. Um, huge, huge moneymaker for the state. You're never getting rid of it. But uh, that's – so that's going on this weekend. And I just – man, I just try to avoid the boat ramps because it's usually an absolute shit show. So I don't know, maybe I'll trout fish again, or maybe I'll just go fish Wisconsin, which has already been open, so shouldn't be as many people over there, and I can avoid some of the some of the craziness. Uh, but Sunday, I uh, head to Charleston, South Carolina. That's right, everybody. It's another Charleston, South Carolina advertisement. They really need to start paying me for this shit. But <laughs> looking forward to that. Like, it wasn't... It was kind of a an impromptu trip down there. Um, after I went to Florida, just that just kind of like scratched the saltwater itch, and I just wanted more. So, and I do this kind of often, where I just window shop ticket prices, um, and they were ridiculous. It was like I usually do like a Thursday to Monday kind of a thing, and uh, prices were just stupid, you know. And I thought, well, I mean, kind of my boss, I can choose my own hours. I wonder if during the week's any cheaper. And I plugged in these dates, the Sunday through Thursday, and it had a direct flight to Charleston, which is rare in and of itself. And then they were under 200 bucks. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm for sure doing that. Like, I can't fish northern Minnesota. I can't do a round trip to northern Minnesota. Gas would be over $200 with gas prices right now. So, like, this is going to be way cheaper, although I am not looking forward to buying the dock gas when I'm down there. That's that's going to pinch the pocket. Oof, that's going to be brutal, but we'll see. And as of right now, the weather looks amazing. So I'm pretty excited because I've never been there in the spring in May. Um, so seeing how the, the fishing is and everything's in. And the bait is in. The sharks have showed up. Um, they're catching uh, big bull reds. And I'm hoping that the weather stays like it is and we can run offshore a little bit. The seas are nice and calm, so we'll just have to wait and see. So that's what I'm going to be doing while everybody up here is, is normally I would say freezing their balls off catching walleyes, but that's not the case. It's actually supposed to be pretty nice and warm. In fact, uh, Thursday this week is supposed to be 90, which is just, that's unacceptable. I don't like 90 in the in July, much less in May. That's just stupid. So that'll be a, an interesting recap for y'all next week. Uh, hopefully we'll have a lot to cover. Um, but yeah, that's what I did this last weekend. So for my rants, as it just, I mean, as chance would have it, um, the day of me going to shoot this tournament, I find myself in a debate about bow fishing. So there's this page on Facebook. It's a rough fish group page. And within that group, I mean, there's been a growing sentiment of, you know, valuing these other fishes and, and getting rid of the name rough fish. You know, like they've recently here in Minnesota, we have our our burbot, or we call them eel pout. Um, they now have a limit on them. They're, they're classified now as a game fish, um, which is fine. I'm, 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 all, I'm all for it. And I like all these different kinds of fishes. I, I like to... Um, and that's right. I said fishes, not fish fishes. Cause that's accurate. By the way, when you're talking about different kinds of fish, 
you were talking about different kinds of fishes instead of one instead of fish being plural. Anyways, semantics. <laughs> In case somebody out there was like getting ready to type up a, a mean tweet at me, uh, that's actually accurate. Many types of fishes. Um, yeah, and I like them. I, like, I want to catch them all on, on Rod and Reel. Like, these blue suckers are fairly rare. I want to catch one. I want to cross that off the list. I think they're think they're badass. I love catching dogfish. Like, dogfish are so cool. They're all my favorite fish. I just think they're awesome. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to also bowfish for them. Like the, And the thing is, there's this, like, growing sentiment or um, mentality around it. It's like, it's all or nothing. You know, it's like, oh, they're garbage fish. But no, they're not. They're these wonderful things. And then they, they place them on these pedestals and they become sacred almost. And every and every and it's not just that. Like I'm seeing it in everything. You know, the way, you know, if if walleye is the fish that you like the most, you you have them on this higher level and everything else is trash. You know, if if muskies are your thing or smallmouth bass or whatever that thing is, you know, you find the same mentality. Um and I don't know what it is. It it's just like it's virtue signaling. It basically is what it is. And, you know, all the same bullshit you see online with no matter what the subject is. I don't care what subject is. It could be immigration. It can be, you know, the whole Roe versus Wade stuff that's going on right now. Like, all of it. Like, the same mentality of taking this moral high ground to just make yourself better than the next person without you actually having to do anything. It's like the lazy person's way of of being a better person, which obviously doesn't make you a better person. And the other thing, this is no stranger to the internet, is basically what the internet is, is that within these conversations you have, people say shit that they just would never say to your face. And I don't mean that in like a threatening way. Like I don't mean like say it to me, I'm gonna punch you in the mouth. I just mean like the way you interact with other people of varying opinions is just different. Like you just wouldn't be that abrasive or that dismissive. And the way this conversation always broke down was, um, you know, it was like, it was all wanton waste. That was the thing. Like, they shoot all these fish, and then they just dump them in a ditch. And they, you know, it's just, they don't, all this great resource you can eat, and you know, the gar. I'm like, yeah, I've had gar. Gar's great. It's delicious. Buff, buffs are really good. Buffalo fish is really good. Sheephead tastes really good. Uh, carp, I've had them smoked, but they're okay. I've had suckers smoked. Um, they're good. So, yeah, I mean, there are ways you can utilize them, but you're not going to utilize 1,500 pounds of them, you know? <laughs> and so what does that mean? You 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 ban that practice? Like, um, I mean, I'm sure that's what they would like in this rough fish community. But, again, it always boils down to, um, and the point I'm trying to get to is, the sum of the worst of it, if that makes sense. So the thing they always bring up is like, well, they dump them in the ditch. Now, I can only speak for myself, but I personally haven't seen any fish dumped in a ditch. I'm sure it happens. I, I don't dispute that it that it doesn't happen, but personally I haven't seen it. You know, part of the thing is being a good ethical sportsman is like you need to have everything prepared. So if you're if you're planning on going bow fishing, you should plan for success. In that, I think a lot of people that are novice at it 
go out. They don't know what they're doing. All of a sudden, you know, the stars align and, and they can do no wrong. And all of a sudden they shoot a shit ton of fish and they don't, they didn't plan a place to put them. You know, they, they themselves don't have land um, or a garden or whatever. So then they lazily dump them in a ditch. I'm sure that happens. Um, but most people I know that do it, they already have deals set up with different landowners and different farmers that let them fertilize their crops and, you know, whatever. But the arguments from the other side always go to, they just dump them in a ditch. They dump them in a ditch and it's wanton waste. Dump them in a ditch, wanton waste. Um, and you find the same thing with, like, snow goose hunters, which I have seen that, unfortunately. And again, it's just those lazy, the lazy people and you're always going to have that. So what does that mean? Is that every snow goose hunter? I mean, I've heard that, you know, argument too. It's like, oh, they just dump in a ditch. Now, if you are the kind of person that is dumping stuff in the ditch, I would very kindly, not kindly, ask you to stop fucking doing that because it 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 changes public sentiment, and that public sentiment drives legislation. So if you like to do that thing, stop doing the thing that's going to kill that thing, if that makes sense. Um you're you're shooting yourself in the foot and you're just being lazy and you're you're going to ruin it for the rest of us because this is this natural human tendency to boil things down to the lowest common denominator like we are just the sum of of that that's what it is and that's what these people on the outside that are worshiping these other fish these rough fish like they see it as the the most egregious sin you can commit against these fish um it's just not the case. Most people aren't doing that, but that's what, you know, and the thing is, is you can apply that same. It's like, okay, well, I've seen people shoot a deer and just leave it lay too, you know, like I've seen that actually pretty common or they, they dump the carcass right at like a W or um, like a wildlife management area. You know, they, Maybe they took the back straps out and the tenderloins, but they let the legs are still there, and you know they didn't take any of the hams or brisket or nothing. You know, I've seen that. Does that make every deer hunter that way? Is that the argument against deer hunters? That well, they just they it's wanton waste. No, that's not the case, right? Because we know the vast majority of deer hunters don't do that. Okay, but the vast majority of bow fishermen don't dump them in a ditch either. But that's the narrative that gets spread around. And these people do have influence. So you have to keep that in mind. So and the other thing is when I was in this debate, in this argument, it's like, listen, I'm, f I'm actually fine with limits. You know, like right now, it's kind of the wild, wild west on a lot of these rough fish. You know, suckers have a limit. Carp don't, and they sh never should because they are an invasive, even though I believe they're considered naturalized now, but they're still an invasive. Buffaloes are native dogfish are native and they don't have any limits now, should they have limits i don't know maybe but that leads me to my next point it's like i'm fine with limits if it it, it is determined that we need them so within these forums you they like to use terms you know hyperbolic terms like they're decimating the native fish populations are they because we just shot 1500 fish which seems like a lot, but I guarantee you in the overall population of these lakes, and that was spread out through two counties, mind you, that wasn't even one lake. Um, that's not that much. It, it really, it seems like a lot, but it really isn't. You know, if you think about game fish, think about um, bluegills and crappies. 
on some of these popular lakes, especially you see it more in the winter where the locals are literally taking buckets and buckets and buckets of these fish out of that lake on a daily basis. It's far greater than 1,500, I promise you, out of one lake, much less the whole countywide. But when you see them all, like in that dump trailer, just it makes people react. It, it, it stirs up different emotions. So I can, it's not that I agree with them, but I can understand how they get that perspective. So we have to be hyper vigilant about that. Now, where they're going to find money to do these studies and see, but if they do legit studies and it comes back that like, hey, here's where our population should be for healthy, you know, for healthy populations, here's where it's at. Uh, we think if we limit the take, we can balance that out. Okay, great. I mean, chances are, like, let's just say they do it with buffs, buffaloes. It's, it's not like going to reduce it to five, you know, it'll probably be like suckers where it's like 50, you know. I mean, 50 is still a lot. I mean, the team that won this tournament, they had 200. They had their limit in suckers is 50 apiece, so they had a full limit of suckers. Um, that's still a lot of fish. <laughs> so, um, you know, I draw that analogy with, with snow geese, not to get too distracted, but it's, you know, everybody gets excited about the spring conservation order when there's no limit, but the depending on what state you're at, the fall regular limits, you either like 20 a day or 50 days. Well, if it's 50 a day and there's six of you hunting, that's still 300 birds. How often do you shoot 300 birds in the spring when there's no limit? Not very often. So it doesn't really matter. So if the limits are set, but they're set pretty liberally, it's really not that big of a deal. So, I mean, let's say that they put the limit at a hundred, you know, like good God, that's still, that's still a shit ton of fish. I just don't want to see it happen just because of public sentiment and emotion. Like I want, I think our game laws, our fishing game laws need to adhere to strict scientific and biological, you know, wildlife biology, fisheries management, sound practices. Like if the data supports it, then I think we need to support the data. If, you know, is the best way I can put it. Um, but until that happens, you know, I don't want to see laws made out of hearsay. So what that means is we need to be mindful of what we're doing because other people are watching. And if you really like to bow hunt or bow fish and you're the one dumping shit in the ditch, you're, you, you, you're not going to get to do it. It's going to be taken away from you because you're lazy and you're an idiot. So keep that in mind. You can. It's not that hard to find a farmer that just will let you help fertilize their crop. You know, they spend thousands and thousands of dollars fertilizing these fields every year. This monocrop culture, which is a whole other tirade I could get into, but has nothing to do with the outdoors, so I won't. Um, but they do. So if all they have to do is give you permission to drive out there with your truck and dump a bunch of fish in their field, they're probably more than happy to let you do that. But you need to line that up ahead of time. And some people might still consider that wanton waste, but it's not. In my opinion, it's not because it is definitely going um, back to the back into the soil. I mean, that's an, it's important. They have to fertilize these fields, so why not? You know. Um, now, with that said, and I forgot this time around. I was like, God dang it, I forgot to bring a cooler because I do like to eat buffalo and I do like to eat sheephead. 
So um, I fucked up. I was like, God dang, I should have brought a cooler. Not that I would have taken every single one of them, but I would have taken a couple of nice specimens home, you know. I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like, you're going to shoot 100 fish, you're going to eat all of them? Probably not. <laughs> like, like that's just a lot. With that said, though, so they had that big trailer there. Uh, there was another gentleman there and i guess he shows up every year and he takes a bunch for uh smoking he smokes a bunch so you know good for him and i'll throw this out there if there's a bunch of people out there that do have smokers and like smoked fish and and do that check out some of these um bow fishing tournaments you can just roll up take what you want and uh boom you don't you know no muss no fuss well probably a little bit of muss and fuss you still got to clean them but you know what i mean so, anyways, that's um, there's your weekend recap and rant. Um, what do you feel about bow fishing? Um, everybody out there, all you people that don't do it, people that do do it, um, let's get that conversation going. What you know? How do you feel about it? Oh, the other point I wanted to make quick before I wrap this up is I think it's looking big picture too. It's like you see all these game fish that are caught and mostly harvested, except for bass. Although some people do keep bass. Um, far, 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 far more than these rough fish, you know, and again, you're seeing, you're seeing big shoots at a time, you're seeing big amounts at a time, but it's not happening on the daily, like it is with these other fish. And there's, there's tons of lakes that just don't get, that probably never get any rough fish taken out of it. I'm guessing there are hundreds of lakes, thousands of lakes in the state where a dogfish is never harvested or a carp is never taken out. So when you think about balancing that whole ecosystem, like it's already skewed. I mean, the fact that we dump millions upon millions and millions of walleye fry into every puddle in this state, we are altering the natural ecosystem in that body of water right out of the gate, right out of the gate. So if your argument against bow fishing is that we're decimating, in air quotes, these populations, or we're throwing the balance out of whack. Listen, the balance is already a whack. As far as if you think what you think balance is, is a body of water that has zero man impact on it, that doesn't exist. It just, it just doesn't exist anymore. We have an impact. People go and they line the banks in the spring and they take out buckets of buckets of panfish. And in the winter, they set up in those community holes. They take buckets of buckets of panfish out. And all summer long, off the dock, buckets of buckets of panfish. And they take walleyes out. And then they stock walleyes again. And it's, you know, it's, it's, there is no normal. I mean, that is the normal. So the fact that somebody is now harvesting some of these other fish species is not, you're not throwing it out of whack. That's not to say that, I mean, I shouldn't say they aren't. Maybe they are. But we don't know that until somebody does an actual scientific study. In fact, not just a study. You need multiple studies because every watershed is different. Every body of water is different. Every uh, ecosystem is different. So you're going to need comprehensive studies to really get a good grasp on enough different bodies of water to warrant changing state law, state fish regulations, you know, for buffalo or gar or whatever the species may be rough fish in general to warrant changing it statewide because 
great state of Minnesota is very diverse in its its environment from the north to the central to the south. There are two or three totally different areas, and you can't just govern them all the same. As as we know, we don't govern them the same when it comes to pretty much anything. So, I mean, we have three different zones for pike right now. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. I'm like, I try to find this middle ground um, with the rough fish, official files. Um, it's like, listen, if you can show me hard data, then I'll support it. But right now, it's just your sentiment and it's your virtue signaling over, you know, wanting to hinder my, as of right now, perfectly legal way to to harvest these fish species. So that's all I got. What do you think? Let me know in comments. Uh, send me a message online. Go to a Full Scale Outdoors group on Facebook. Uh, I am on Twitter now. Felt like I had to jump back into that. I couldn't. I had a Twitter account. I just never used it. So long, I didn't even know how to like log into my old account. I just created a new one. I don't. I still don't go on there very much. But yeah, so I do have that. I have TikTok. All the stuff. All the the Facebooks and all the nonsense. But yeah, let me know what you think, and uh, we'll go from there. Hopefully, we'll have a uh, waterfall Wednesday to bring to you on a Thursday. And I do have a couple guests lined up this week too, so we'll have some main, uh, some main episodes soon. And I don't know when. I probably won't be for a while because, my God, my schedule is getting busy. But it is in my psyche to bring everybody another flight companion. I feel like we are we are very long overdue for a flight companion. So I, I need to get be better at scheduling those. I would like to see those happen on a, a much more regular basis. That would be lot of fun so all right everybody have a safe week have a safe opener coming up if you are partaking in that here in minnesota and uh, i will talk to you all later whatever your passion pursue it full scale